It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we're broadcasting live at Vanderbilt University in front of a live studio audience. Wow, yes. What a fantastic crowd. You're beautiful. And we have with us, uh, what is your name? Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am doing great. What is your major here at Vanderbilt? Communications. Communications. And what do you hope to do with this uh, degree? Make a lot of money. Make a lot of money. Well, I'll tell you right now, you need to change your major. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Pre-med, pre-law. No, communications, you never know where it can take you. You want to be on radio or TV, broadcast journalism? Yes, definitely. Okay, so I I feel very fortunate to have you on the Adam Ritz Show right now. Will you uh, play the part of news director on the show? Yes, I will. Okay, I've got a news story here for you to read, and... uh, this just happened recently, just a couple days ago, and uh, this is, uh, you can use, feel free to use this on your resume as, as a real live radio broadcast, okay? Awesome. So now we go to the news desk with Jordan with the news. Wait, start right now. Yeah. <laughs> here, we're here with, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Adam. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. That's all right. Hi, I'm Jordan Coleman. I'm here with Adam Ritz, and um, we're reporting that a Marshall University swim coach immediately resigned after being arrested on campus with a marijuana pipe and a bag of marijuana. That is fantastic. Let's hear a round of applause for Jordan, huh? I was like, that's so good. Yeah, no, you're right. You're like, what? A round of applause? The guy got arrested with marijuana. So what do you think about this? Marijuana pipe. He's got a bag of dope. He's the coach of the swim team at Marshall. Yeah, that's really bad. That's not really setting a great example for his uh, team. That's not a good thing. He resigned immediately because he knew he, he knew he was going to get fired. Let's imagine uh, decades from now, you're the athletic director at a Division One college. You're thinking about hiring this guy. Would you? Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay, that's Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. And now, a truly inspirational story on The Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and uh, welcome back to The Adam Ritz Show. We are now joined by a young man, a very inspirational story, and funny to boot, Chris Connolly is joining us. Hi, Chris. Hi, I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Fantastic. I uh, know a little bit about your story, which is good, because not only will our listeners learn uh, about you and what you do, but, but so will I. Uh, Chris Connolly is a, uh, a Theta Xi fraternity member from the University of Southern California uh, at USC. You are a comedian. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. I was born with cerebral palsy, which is a condition that affects fine motor but not gross motor, so it affects me when I'm doing small tasks but not larger tasks. Uh, Thankfully, it doesn't affect my mind, so it's a purely physical condition. Fantastic. And what I've been doing in recent years is stand-up comedy, where I'll get up and talk and tell jokes about living with a disability. How old were you, uh, were you when you started doing stand-up comedy? Well, I actually started doing magic at the age of 10. Ah. And from there, around 
two years ago, say I was 17, I picked up comedy and it was just a very natural transition from doing magic at family shows, birthday parties and the like. And then now I do comedy at comedy clubs around LA, open mic nights, things like that. And I really have fun with it. And uh, it's great because I was so used to being family friendly with the magic and now I can get into a little more <laughs> launchy material. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the feedback like uh, on stage at a comedy club in Los Angeles uh, when you do your stick and you get off stage? What's some of the feedback you're hearing? Uh, the feedback's been really good, actually. I've gotten a lot of really great compliments. I think people just like to see someone who can be so upfront, and it's refreshing to be able to talk about things and just say, I'm not going to be politically correct. This is what I am. This is what's going on. This is the reality. And I'm not going to pull any punches or beat around the bush. Is your stand-up comedy something that uh, at this point is a, is a hobby, or is it uh, something you want to do after you graduate and be on the road as a, as a professional stand-up comic? Well, it's a hobby right now, but I have definitely thought about taking it professional. That would be the ideal situation. So what is your major, your status right now on campus at Southern California? I'm a sophomore business major. I decided on that major because I would really like to own my own business one day. And I figure that'll serve me well because no matter what I decide to do, whether it's comedy, whether it's something else, there's always a business side. You need to know how to run a business, how to make money, how to stay profitable. Chris Conley is our guest, a student at the University of Southern California, uh, a comedian. Um, Cerebral palsy is the uh, affliction born with that you're dealing with uh, admirably and very inspirationally. Do you uh, have a, a way for our listeners to see what you're up to, Facebook, website, anything like that? Sure, you can Facebook me, Chris Connolly, or you can look me up on Twitter. It's at Connolly Comedy. At Connolly Comedy, and it's C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y, at Connolly Comedy uh, on Twitter. Fantastic. Well, we wish you the best of luck. It was a, an honor meeting you. Uh, leave us with uh, your best uh, joke or bit. What works the best when you're on stage at a comedy club? What gets the crowd going the most? Well, you know, having cerebral palsy, my hands shake, but it does have some advantages. Scratch-off tickets are easy, and I never have to buy an electric toothbrush. <laughs> the Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. Adam Ritz, privileged now to be with Michael Young. Michael Young is one of the biggest voices in the world of racing. Hi, Michael. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. Exactly what do you do for the uh, Indy 500 radio network? Well, I am the actual uh, pit reporter. This is my second year working for the IMS radio network. I had started and did a couple of races for them in years past, but last year was my full, first full year on the radio network. Uh, this will be my second Indianapolis 500, and my role with the radio network is I'm a pit reporter, uh, not only for the Indianapolis 500, but the Eyes on IndyCar series runs in Texas, Milwaukee, Sonoma, California, Baltimore, St. Petersburg. It is, is not all not only all over the United States, but we also race in China and Brazil. And the racing radio network, uh, I'm not familiar with this. Um, I guess the Armed Forces radio network is this part? Isn't this like a? Isn't the all this racing just a huge deal for? 
for all of our men and women fighting uh, for our country and our, for our freedom across the seas worldwide they listen to the armed forces radio network isn't auto racing a big part of that oh it is and and that's the thing where our broadcasts go up on Sirius and XM satellite radio uh, actually had an opportunity recently to work with J.R. Hildebrand Panther Racing and the National Guard which sponsored J.R. Hildebrand and we did a live uplink with some troops uh, that actually were were stationed in Afghanistan. So we did a live video uplink with uh, some of the major generals here in, in the United States, and a couple of senators were there. So we did this uplink with some of the soldiers' families, some of the families who had lost family members uh, mm -hmm. while they, they were fighting over in Afghanistan. So these soldiers had an opportunity to talk to us and to talk to J.R. Hildebrand, who represents them driving the National Guard car, but that's what they'll do on Memorial Day, on, on the Sunday, the day before Memorial Day, they will listen to the Indianapolis 500, and they'll listen, you know, throughout the season. But that's the big one for them. You know, Memorial Day, we're thinking mm -hmm. about all of our fighting men and women. And to know that they have a, a stake in the game because one of their their sponsorship is actually a car <laughs> driven by a guy who actually was the runner-up last year. I mean, it's quite a thrill. But, yeah, it's it's, it's amazing to see how racing affects those in the armed forces and, and and how huge it has become but but that is their connection to home they're in you know on many of these soldiers that I spoke with uh, in via this video link you know what they miss is green they're they're in the desert i mean they don't see a lot of what reminds them of home and they say to listen to the Indy 500 on the radio network or to any race just gives them that feeling of, oh my gosh, we're home, and, and it really kind of takes that distance and minimizes it for them. Track Dude Michael Young is our guest. I know him as uh, Track Dude, and I follow you on Twitter. It's tra at TrackDude500, at TrackDude500 for his tweets. Uh, Michael Young is our guest. He's a pit reporter for the um, Indy Racing League IMS Radio Network. And you were telling me, uh, I heard a, an amazing story about your connection with Dan Weldon. Dan Weldon, uh, well, you can give us the backstory on this, the tragic uh, crash that claimed his life, I think, in Las Vegas, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. One of those odd situations, and the neat thing that now reliving the Indianapolis 500 this year, he was the winner in 2011, and last race of the year was the World Championships in Las Vegas, and Randy Bernard said, well, let's put a $5 million purse up, and if you win the race, well, you'll be able to split the money with somebody. They went into the weekend, and it was just one of those odd things where nothing ever seemed right. I actually had lunch with Dan the uh, day before the race, and he was just in great spirits, and he really was so thankful to have this opportunity to race and to you know be part of the Eyes on IndyCar series again, I saw him you know, not only having lunch with him, but I saw him that morning, and it just seemed like something special was going on. The night before, he had a tattoo of his wife Susie's initials put on his wrist, and she had his initials put on her wrist, and it was just a kind of a cool thing. I spent a lot of time with Dan that weekend. I saw him that morning, and I was getting ready to uh, do driver introductions for the, for the Firestone Indy Lights race, and he kind of in his Dan way kind of runs into you with that shoulder kind of dive in just to say hi and and I said how you doing driver he goes what's up bro and I said nothing he goes what are you doing he goes well win me a million dollars I said well 
that's awesome. But just remember your old friend track dude when you win it because i'll just need ten thousand i don't need like hundred thousand or whatever i just give me a little bit of money and i'll be happy and he goes i'll remember you mate and he went kind of in a dan fashion just proudly walking down the front straightaway of the speedway and went about his day he did a shakedown and as soon as the race started it was kind of a whirlwind for me it was doing driver introductions and had to get my fire suit on to do the radio network and then the accident had happened and immediately went out to the infield care center and as the thing started to unfold we found out that uh, uh, Dan had lost his life and it was just a really surreal moment because he had so much positive energy and, and, and so much just it was great to just see him around the track again and it was funny when he kind of did his shoulder bump into me and and I had said hi to him before he he went out to do that that final practice uh, I'd found out after everything was said and done that he had just signed to drive the GoDaddy car replacing Danny Kapatrick for 2012 so he had come full circle won the Indy 500 did all this development with the new chassis and the new car to make this new chassis safer and then that morning signed with Andretti Autosport to drive that car that was being vacated by Danny Kapatrick. He knew that going into the day and about an hour and a half later lost his life. And immediately after the news had spread, Delara had named the chassis after him, now called the DW12. But how ironic that a guy who was pretty much tossed out of the racing community not only won the Indianapolis 500, but developed this new chassis to improve the safety for everybody in racing which inevitably he lost his life doing in, in racing and it, it just was so ironic and mm -hmm. so so amazing that that this guy did so very very much for for the eyes on indycar series to to, to lose him like that was uh, you can never replace a guy like him but it was almost like one of those stories where you, you start reading it and there's no other way that story could finish not to sound morbid but it's just yeah. it's like that story could never change it, yeah. it's like it was almost destined to happen that way so we encourage you to follow michael young on his uh, twitter with at track dude 500 and we wish you the best of luck with your announcing and uh, your radio network with the uh, racing and um we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. If you ever get to a track, I'm sure you'll be able to holler at me. I'd be more than happy to say hello because it's always a lot of fun to meet the fans as well. And we're proud to welcome back to the show Jenny and Chando. Hello, Jenny. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great, and uh, it's the holiday season. And uh, first of all, I want to mention your name again. We, we laughed last time you were on the show about your name <laughs> and, um, and Chando, and it's just so fun to say. I'm always reminded so of the movie Elf. Uh, and it's the holiday season, so I want to bring up the movie Elf again when Will Ferrell meets Francisco and says, Ooh, Francisco, that's fun to say. So now I think, Ooh, and Chando, that's fun to say. You can keep saying it all the way until December the 25th. Okay. And then, and then we'll, I don't know, put it on hold till next year. Well, then the next, I guess, um, funny thought I had about your name. Mm -hmm. Jenny and Chando. Yeah. Has anybody ever met you? If they don't see it written down, has anybody yeah. thought like you were... A hillbilly, and that your name was Ginny Ann, and your last oh, name was Chando? No, but my middle name's Sue, and I always went by Jenny Sue growing up. So you are a hillbilly. Oh, so I, yeah, so I am a hillbilly, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am a hillbilly. So it was always like, oh, Jenny Sue, you know, that sort of thing. And I, oh, in fact, when I moved to Indy, I think it was the first time that I 
people didn't call me that. It always happens when my parents come to town. You know, I'll move to a new place. I will just be Jenny and Chondo, and then my parents will come and call me Jenny Sue, and everyone makes fun of me, and then it catches on. So now it's Jenny Sue Ann. Chondo. Jenny Sue Ann. Pause. Chondo. Chondo. Yeah. Chondo, that's fun to say. Okay, so to reset, it's Jenny Ann Chondo. She is a, an award-winning journalist with Fox Television and also a, a, phys, a physical, a, a fitness, yeah. a personal trainer, fitness expert. Yes, exactly. Yeah, certified through the American Council on Exercise and been doing this for about, I, gosh, I feel like I've 10, 11, 12 years now just as a trainer, fitness instructor, uh, speaker on, on these types of things. And that's about it. I love and it. we bring you on the show, holiday season, holiday calories. Christmas parties, Christmas cookies. Uh, it, it's it's a time to really kind of forward think on how many calories you're going to just throw into your body because before you know it, you can wake up January 1st and weigh 50 pounds more than you did uh, before Thanksgiving. Right, right. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing that I do with a lot of my clients. So I do at-home personal training with my clients and usually for them, what I have their goal to be throughout the holidays is just to maintain. Not to, usually I'm not, we're not doing a weight loss goal from, you know, Thanksgiving or Halloween through Christmas because it's too daunting. Usually I just try to get them to maintain or stay within a few pounds. It's gonna, it's not inevitable. You don't have to gain weight through the holidays. Um, cause what you, what you think about is it's like, okay, I'm going to a holiday party. You have to think about that's okay. If there, is there going to be dinner there? If so, then that's my dinner. Then okay, good. You're hungry. You eat dinner. You go about your life. You still have to eat. So you still want to enjoy those things, but you just don't want to think about it as like this big food explosion. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so it's like okay, there's there's breakfast, there's lunch, there's dinner. Uh, usually three snacks. I mean, I'm I'm usually you know having clients eat six times a day um, with something like this. So just keep it in mind when you're going to a holiday party. Yeah, you still have to eat, but it's like you know, okay, would I normally eat ten platefuls of food? You know, your body doesn't know that it's the holiday season, so it's not like your body's all automatically compensating. Like, oh well, it's Christmas, so let's mm-hmm. eat everything in sight. So it's sort of a situation where you want to think about how does this fit into my whole normal meal plan and, and my normal eating. And I should say too, I'm not a registered dietitian. I work with one with my clients and and kind of send them to a dietitian if they need specific guidelines. But what I'm talking about right now is something that's really simple that everybody can can do. And you just lost eight pounds. Holy cow! For between the last two holidays. Well, you know, it's I I eat, I, lo- I love to eat, and Thanksgiving, Halloween, Halloween candy. I, I I gained about ten pounds over those two holidays, and I I got scared. I freaked out. I'm like, there's no way I'm gaining another ten pounds between now and Christmas. So, uh, I've been going to the gym every day. Um, time management is something we've talked about in the past, and it, you just got to find the time to go. And the thing with me is when when I go to the gym, then I'm reminded on a daily basis not to shove calories down my throat because I get in this mode like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to the gym. I gained five pounds. Screw it. What's another five pounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly the mindset that happens. You can't do that because you get too far down this this path. And the thing that that you had mentioned too was, it, it's such a simple thing to say. It's much harder to do, but eating when you're hungry. It's like pause and think about that for a second. Eating when you're hungry, because a lot of us have lost those cues altogether. Children know how to eat when they're hungry. You watch you know, animals know how to eat when they're hungry. It's it's built into your bodies, but we cover it up over the years by judging what we're eating or not eating, by by not eating 
when we're we're actually hungry or by eating too much when we're not hungry at all. So it's just it, your body gets really confused, but you can sort of like relearn those cues and think about it. Okay, when you sit, just give yourself five seconds before you sit down to a meal or before you just grab something from a bowl and think, you know, am I hungry? First of all, am I hungry? Second of all, am I hungry for that? Mm-hmm. Do Am I eating that just because it's sitting there? Or, you know, I mean, do I actually even like that food? You, you know, so certain like, like, you know, fruitcake. Do I like fruitcake? If yes, okay, sure. I'll make that a part of my meal. If if not, then that's a waste. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to nourish you and not going to satisfy you, but props to you. Well, that's, thank you. that's a, that's a, that's a hard thing to do during the holidays. Well, and you know, there's, I saw a picture of myself after Thanksgiving and I was like, who is that cow? So that, that helped I, too. I don't really, if, if you guys, you guys need to like Google him and you, you won't think, ever think that when you see him. But yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of have that sort of like self-reflection, like, okay, what am I doing? The other thing too, is it's like, when you think about Thanksgiving, what do most of us say that we are thankful for? I think a lot of us say our health. You know, I, I think about that every year. I think, you know, for, for my family and for my health, it's so simple things. And then, and then we go into this season where we're totally abandoning our health. And it's like, like I said before, your body doesn't know that it's the holidays. It's not just saying, okay, you can have a free pass because I mean, you know, there are serious diseases associated with, with, you know, uh, heart disease and lung disease and all sorts of other things, diabetes that are connected to being overweight or connected to being sedentary in general. So it's sort of like, okay, we're celebrating this season and celebrating this joy of family and we just want to be around for each other. So it's like making that a priority too. Um, something that my family and I do and people might think, oh geez, Jenny's family must hate when she visits, but we do our workouts together and it's just sort of like a family thing. We're all at different levels, different ages and you know, my extended family that I see, you know, once every five years, they know that, oh, Jenny's coming to town. She's going to make us do some silly workout, but it ends up being so fun, okay. you know? So it's sort of like one of those things and it may not be your typical intense workout, but it's moving. It's doing something. We might go out and jump rope. We might play basketball. We might play soccer. We might, you know, just play tag. Anything like that as a family where you can all kind of run around and get the kids involved, I think is perfect. It's like a workout doesn't have to be going to a gym and having someone time you and, and sweating and bleeding and crying. You know, it can, mm-hmm. it can be something fun, but throughout the, you know, if you're going on vacation, you just don't want to abandon that altogether. That, that sort of like physical component of your life, because it just, it can take a toll, you know, over the, the weeks and months and, and just kind of saying, screw it. I'm not going to do anything. You know, you kind of want to keep that up. Jenny Chando is our guest, and we're talking holiday calories. It's that time of year. Shove them down your throat. Yeah. And um, you know, I recently saw a statistic about Americans. Two out of three Americans are obese. Um, and I, not, not to throw in the rest of the world, but it's not that big of a problem overseas. Right. Uh, my nephew was just in uh, England, and he was like, I can't believe how many skinny people there were in England compared to the obese people in America. So it's you're right. We eat. Because it's it's almost a pastime. It's for fun. It's not because we eat when we're hungry. Um, and that's why we bring Jenny on the show to talk about some of these issues and, and social issues associated with, with obesity. And like you mentioned, health issues and some diseases that go along with it. How much does um, – and I don't know if this is in your wheelhouse, but alcohol with partying and um, Christmas parties and, and alcohol, is there a – I guess a caloric way to look at yes. it? Don't drink this full beer. Have this kind of – 
uh, have a vodka cranberry instead sure. because there's less calories. Okay, I, I definitely. Know. No, that's such a good question because I, I mean I'm a huge proponent of enjoying everything. I, I never say I mean unless you are a competitive athlete or training for a competitive fitness competition, which I did years ago and no longer do because it is so restrictive. Unless you do those things, you can enjoy a little bit of everything. But when it comes to alcohol, here's what I say: you pick an alcohol, you know, vodka, tequila, whatever, and you pick a calorie-free mixer. So um, soda water, if you just like vodka soda with lime. That's kind of my go-to. I always have that. You can get flavored vodkas now and that doesn't add extra calories. Um, so you're looking at about a hundred calories for that. Um, but if you do, for example, a vodka cranberry, that's where you get into the higher calories because you're having the calories from the vodka and the cranberry juice. So even though it's juice and a fruit, it's just, a, it's, it's a lot of sugar and usually it's not a hundred percent fruit juice that you're getting at a bar, you know, or at your, you know, at your aunt's house and she's pouring down the cocktails. So, um, you want to do, or like a rum and diet Coke. That's a good choice. A glass of wine is a, a, a good choice, white or red. Um, even champagne can be okay. Any of those are better than getting um, something mixed with a regular soda or uh, a regular juice because it basically doubles the calories when you do that. Um, or like a margarita. I love margaritas. But typically what I'll have <laughs> instead is, I'm like, oh, just thinking about it, it just sounds so amazing right now. Um, what I'll typically have is tequila and soda water and a bunch of limes. So um, there's also... This is like a calorie-free sort of drink mix. It's called Zilch, and it's literally... And I'm not, like, paid by them. I have no connection to them. I just love them. Um, it's a company... You order it online. So if you're looking for, like, holiday margarita-type stuff, um, that's made... You know, it does have an artificial sweetener in it, so it's not, you know, maybe your number one choice, but if you have to have it, it's better than having a margarita because, I mean, that can have 500 calories in it. It's just not not worth it. But, um, you know, just kind of keep that in mind, and, and it's always, of course, wise to have, you know, the water and then the drink and then a water and then a drink. Um, but yes, you can continue to drink throughout the holidays and, you know, enjoy it, but you want to look for calorie free mixers, soda, water, diet, soda, that sort of thing I think is best. Your face really lit up when you said because, margaritas. I love uh, margaritas. No, I love them so much. I'm, you know, Mexican background and stuff. We just, you know, our whole family always brings out the margaritas. In fact, I brought, I brought some of my zilch and also some of my tequila, soda, water, lime mixture to our family reunion. And it, I mean, it, you know, it went over Okay. They, they didn't mind it. <laughs> they good. were okay with it, yeah. Well, Jenny and Chanda, we thank you for coming on the show and being part of this show. Um, you've made 2012 great, and we look forward to having you back in 2013. My goal is to not gain 15 pounds between now and the time we have you back on the show in a couple months. Okay, good. Well, well, good. Well, that will ensure a couple of things. That'll ensure that you don't wait like three years before having me come back on again because you'll, you've got your goal. Don't want to gain 15 pounds before I see Jenny again. And then also, you know, that you'll 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 got your little accountability partner here. So I'll uh, I'll keep an eye on you. You know what? Before I let you go, let's yes. talk about that real quick. Accountability partner. That yes. that's. Uh, I, I think I know what you mean. Why don't you explain that? Because I I think. Um, Listeners, me included, could probably use this uh, definition of this and, and advice to get yes. one. So the first time I uh, learned about this was actually, you know, in a, a sort of like religious group years and years and years ago. We talked about accountability with with certain things. It was reading our Bible verses. So this is something I use with my clients. I I want them to have an accountability partner outside of myself. So this is easy. It could be your mom, your dad, your friend, your wife, uh, you know, your child, anybody that's of an adult age that um, that you can speak to, and they can just say, "Hey, how's it? You know, how's it going? Are you keeping up with that goal?" It's not a person to be a nag, but so that you can both check in with each other and say, "Hey, you know, Adam, I knew that your goal was to sort of like maintain your weight through the holidays. How's it going?" And then you might say to them, oh, "I'm really struggling with this." And just by them being a human who's exposed to society, they're gonna 
relate and maybe think, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe you could do this or maybe, hey, yeah, I'm having trouble getting my workout in in the morning too. Do you want to meet later on tonight and we can go for a walk or we can, you know, go play basketball or something like that. So it's sort of like somebody to keep you in check because alone is when we fail. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I mean, that's with, that's with all things, but especially with something like fitness, because I think it's emotionally connected. And when you have sort of like that little bit of support or you know that someone's going to ask you, it's almost like it's just human nature to want to please that person and to, mm-hmm. and to, and to please yourself too. And to be like, Hey, you know what? That's right. I did this. And it, you know, and, and, and also if you don't have a gym membership, if you don't have a trainer, if you don't have somebody, what you do have is a friend or a companion or something like that to kind of go with you just kind of keep you going and it can be fun too but yeah that accountability partner is is crucial because of course you know inherently you're doing this for yourself and for your own health but to have somebody there to bounce ideas off of and to just say hey are you doing this it makes a huge difference so for you if you are if you have clients that you are their accountability partner yes You've got hundreds of accountability partners. <laughs> yes. Does that become a problem uh, for you? I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's why I try to. I try to have them make sure that they have somebody else in their life. Um, that that's they, not you. That's not me. Mm-hmm. And, and I make sure that I'm. I'm not their responsibility. I have somebody that I actually stay connected with um, many states away in Arizona, and we. Um, she's a, a good girlfriend of mine. Actually, somebody that used to work at the TV station with me, and we became workout partners. And we still keep. We'll still write. Oh, what you know? How are your workouts going? Or if, if one of us is in a rut, or you know, I may say, okay, I just went to this new certification. I learned about this new workout. You should try it. Or she may do the same thing too. And it's, it's kind of neat, but yeah, I can't, I, I don't account for all of them. They, you know, it's, it's like a relationship a lot of times that may build with their, their husband or their wife or their friend or their neighbor. And it's, um, it's a neat bond because it's a different thing. And you mentioned, you know, with the obesity rate in America, some people may be struggling with wanting to do something about it, but they haven't said anything. So sometimes it takes the other person saying, Hey, you know, Sam, Susie, whoever, will you be my accountability partner? And then that other person reverts back to you and says, yeah, I will. And would you do the same for me? And it can kind of get them going as well, because sometimes there's just that intimidation factor or somebody just being shy or not really knowing that there's somebody else out there that might want to connect with them and kind of, you know, help with that fitness goal. I love it. Okay. Well, that's your new uh, official title with this show. You're our official accountability partner, Jenny and Chando. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a great holiday. Okay, you too. Thank you so much. And I guess we'll be holding everybody accountable and and check back in with them in the new year. (laughs) That's it. Thank you. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.